Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm not. I'm Ian McEwan, a writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today... We're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 14th of May, including new Amazon series The Underground Railroad from Moonlight director Barry Jenkins and the return, hooray, of Disney's high school musical The Musical, The Series. Uh, we'll also be talking about new Netflix series Holston, starring Ewan McGregor as a fashion icon and Britbox documentary series Secrets of the Craze. But first, Ian, what's in the news? Well... Acorn TV, you may recall, had a drama series called Queens of Mystery, and this was about a detective whose three aunties were all crime writers, and they helped her solve crime. So it was a, it was quite sort of set in a village in the country, and it was quite sort of darkly comic murder mysteries. I was supposed to be interviewing the cast about series two today, but it was postponed. But that is coming back. So if you enjoyed series one, watch this space. What else is in the news, Hannah? Uh, well, uh, the actor Keely Hawes is uh, joining the cast of Sky One's contemporary adaptation of John Wyndham's chilling novel, The Midwich Cuckoos. Um, and she'll be playing the part of a supportive psychotherapist. So yeah, very exciting. There's a lot this week. I mean, there's there there more than we have time to properly review and preview but you're going to kick us off i like the look of this it's a new series on netflix called holston what's that all about yes it is on netflix and this stars ewan mcgregor now i'd like us to listen to a little clip and you can get a feel for it before we chat about it i have a vision i'm going to change the face of american fashion what we need is to figure out your signature What's going to make me see some gorgeous woman and say, that's a Halston? Okay, so Ewan McGregor, I don't, I don't know how you feel about him as an actor, but I think he's, he's, he's great because he just sort of can be whatever. He's not somebody who's stereotyped, if you like. He can sort of turn his hand to whatever he does and he plays such, um, such a great role in this. And essentially this is set in... New York in the 1970s, quite hedonistic. Um, so uh, we see the fashion designer, uh, Roy Halston Froick, and we, we, the thing is, we don't know, um, I don't know, he's not one of those designers that everybody would say, oh yeah, I, I, I know him, it, it, because he was sort of, he, he, he died of, of AIDS, and he, I suppose he's kind of, not dropped off, but he's not somebody who's talked about in the same way. Um, as other fashion designers sadly and it really takes us on a journey through his life and how he he rose to fame so he designed the pillbox hat um, which was which was made famous in the early 60s because lady jackie kennedy wore it and so you see him grow his brand grow how he fights off people that want to buy his brand and you also see his uh, in incredible cocaine habit growing too and so you kind of see the 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 dodgy side of fame I suppose to a degree it's it's set in New York as I say but it it has a huge Hollywood feel about this Um, it's pacey it's exciting the music's good the colors it's vibrant um and it's I don't know about you I, I I for me it I felt like it was a crash course in history uh of the fashion world 
Yeah, I hadn't heard of Halston uh, until I, I watched this and started reading about him. I mean, that yeah, exactly. There has been a, a documentary made about him, which is worth worth seeking out. Yeah, fashion, cocaine, uh, disco. What's not to like? So yeah, <laughs> I am a McGregor fan, and initially I thought, um, oh, hello, Ewan. Uh, there are a few issues with the accent here. But then I watched some footage from the documentary about the real. Holston and he did affect this slightly sort of um, mid-Atlantic accent and funnily enough in, in the review of the documentary about him someone said this role is absolutely made for Richard E. Grant and when you see what the real man was like you think yeah I'd love to have seen him play that but McGregor is great and this is a fantastic character because really he's a bit of a monster isn't he he's he's a drug addict he has he these massive te- mm. temper tantrums he builds his empire but then um, I think he sort of, it all goes wrong when he starts doing deals with these big chain stores and department stores. Uh, I like anything where they have real life celebrities such as Liza Minnelli, uh, who's being played by um, Krista Rodriguez. We've also got Rory Culkin as the film director, Joel Schumacher. We're going inside Studio 54, that really hedonistic, famous uh, nightclub. So, yeah, I think this this has got everything, and uh, I I can't wait to see more of it. Yeah, it's I I think it's really really great, and and as I say, I think that you know, seeing him do that that huge deal, it was I think it was like a, a billion dollar deal with the with the kind of high street chain, um, J C Penney. It kind of his elite fan base kind of walked away and I feel like I there are so many fashion designers we don't know about we only hear about certain names but you're quite right when you actually look into him he's got a really interesting life and quite a sad life really absolutely well for me it's all about Georgia Asda but anyway um, (laughs) enough about me Uh, something rather different uh, over on Amazon Prime Video it's also a series it's called The Underground Railroad and here is the clip where do they go? The ones that run away and never return. There is nothing here but suffering. Pain and suffering. It is time to go. Girl in that bulletin is wanted for the murder of a child. So, Hannah, quick history lesson for you. In 19th century America, the Underground Railroad was a metaphor for a network of secret routes and safe houses that was established to help slaves escape from the South, hence the title of this series. Now, it's adapted from an award-winning novel by Colson Whitehead, and in that, Whitehead imagined the railroad as a real-life subterranean system of trains and tracks and tunnels that a runaway slave called Cora uses on her journey from state to state after she escapes from a cotton plantation in Georgia. Now the big buzz about this is it's the first TV series from Barry Jenkins, the Oscar winning director of Moonlight. Episode one is a fairly straight representation of the sheer brutality of life on the plantation and yeah slightly reminiscent of 12 years a slave it's really well done Cora is played by newcomer Thuso Mbedu and Joel Edgerton plays a bounty hunter who sets out to recapture her after she escapes so yeah I really enjoyed episode one but I get the impression obviously especially with this real life underground railroad that's the more fantastical element that it's going to get sort of stranger, more fantastical, more poetic. And 
on Cora's journey, she goes to these different imagined places that that say something about kind of her inner landscape and also about the experiences of black people in America at the time. So, yeah, it's very unusual. I mean, Jenkins is a brilliant director. I loved episode one and I'm going to watch more. Is this something that you like? I know you're a big Amazon fan. I am a big Amazon fan. It absolutely is something that I like. Um, it is really gritty and it kind of, as I say, it. it I, I often talk about this, so I apologise, but you kind of have to be in the mood for this. I think you really do because it's quite brutal, isn't it? And in, in mm-hmm. that, in that yeah. first episode, it's really sad and really awful and uh, really doesn't sit well with the place we are in the world now. Um, so I think it, it kind of takes you back to a time that wasn't that long ago, actually, um, and, and, and the horrors that surrounded that so I think you kind of need to be in a certain place to watch it um, but it's 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 really really well done and I'm interested to see more and where and where they take this I think absolutely because it is a very different take on on that story that we think we're familiar with from various films and tv shows of slaves on plantations it takes that to a, a whole new world I think imagined world mm. and it's it's really nicely done now <laughs> <laughs> oh you've been waiting for this all along I know Ian don't don't pretend an old favourite and I was very happy to dish this one out to you uh, Hannah what's off. coming back on uh, on Disney High School Musical the musical the series on Disney Plus now just because I fancy a little dance let's listen to a clip okay This semester, we are entering the Alan Menken Awards for High School Musical Theatre, and we are doing Beauty and the Beast. Who is ready to go from amateur to statewide award winners? Born ready. Now, Ian, I know you are a huge fan of this. Um, Not. (laughs) This is one for everybody. I mean, what is there to say that that if, if you haven't watched any of High School Musical, you need to watch it. Um, and if you have, then you know what you're getting. I mean, it, it does what it says on the tin. This is feel good, upbeat, singing, dancing. And when you're free, feeling a bit dreary, this is something um, to watch. So this follows, the, obviously the first season was was very successful and it follows the East High Wildcats. They are back um, and they're, they're here for a second run. But this time they're going to be producing a spring show no less and they're going to be performing beauty and the beast and uh do they have what it takes is all i can say jazz hands to that <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't really getting the feel-good factor when you admit. i mean i have to preface it by saying obviously this is not aimed at me um and it really kind of brought out the grinch in me i must say because they start off episode one <laughs> Uh, first, there's an announcement which says, ladies and gentlemen, or however you choose to identify. Well, that annoyed me because I'm such a miserable old git. Um, <laughs> and then they launch into this song where they're singing about hanging in my onesie at Christmas and, and how Christmas is going to slay this year. Uh, none of which really got me going. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the terminology that you're not loving. I know, I saw I'm out of touch. Yeah. But I mean, a, a cynic might say that, you know, this represents milking the high school musical franchise to, to the to the nth degree because they've also had like a behind the scenes you remember we did that behind the scenes yeah, one yeah. where the actors kind of talk about the show anyway I mean I cannot deny that the kids in this are, are massively 
talented. I don't really like that vocal gymnastic style of singing they do. But it is a quite a good storyline in this new series because there's a there's another school that's putting on a musical and, and they're um they're entering it for a sort of a possible award. So there's a bit of competition going on there. The two music teachers have history together. Then one of the students is is going away to study drama. So there's a kind of and long he'll FaceTime every day. <laughs> there's a, honestly. There's a long distance <laughs> love affair. Then there's someone else who sort of who wants to get in on the act. So there's plenty going on and you know, Beauty and the Beast. Come on. So yeah, what's not to love? What's not to I love? won't be watching it. But um yeah, I mean, I'm sure many, many people, especially the younger generation, will very much enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just fun. It's light entertainment. It's nothing more than that. And there are a few threads, like you said, with kind of relationships and romances and what have you. And then you've got the bit of competitive. I mean, you've got kind of all the ingredients for a decent, you know, decent few shows, haven't you? And... Uh, of course, there, there's the two the two schools which are competing against each other, and one is kind of obviously the one that would be likely to win, but will they? Um, yes. Hanging in the air. I mean, it, it's it's fairly obvious. Of course, it is. It does what it says on the tin, but I think it, it will go down a treat with people, as as the first season did. Okay, well, this final show for this week is a bit more up my street. On BritBox, <laughs> of course, we've not seen that much original stuff on BritBox, but that is changing of course we're going to be talking about the beast must die with jared harris soon this is a documentary series uh, arriving on thursday the 13th of may it's a three-parter secrets of the craze let's have a listen to a clip so in march 1950 they're involved in a fight outside a dance hall in hackney age 16 and it's the first time that they've got their names into the newspaper the magistrate states, this boy has been beaten by beasts. These people think they are above the law. They have to be taught a lesson. So I must admit, I it, the fetishization, as I see it, of the Cray twins, just because they wore smart suits and loved their mum, uh, I find slightly annoying. Um, but this... I think is a very interesting documentary about them and they've they've got some good contributors and they include David Bailey the photographer they've got relatives they've got members of the craze gang they've got detectives and I did I, immediately in episode one I, I found out things that I, I didn't know so for instance I wasn't aware that Ronnie that was a paranoid schizophrenic and when he first went away to prison Reggie started running a nightclub and was he wasn't going straight but he was actually making a good living without you know going out and, you know beating people up so it doesn't shy away from the fact that the main thing about the craze was they were very very violent criminals who who sort of had a reign of terror and you know they protection rackets and so on and of course we get how much they love their mum but yeah they don't shy away from they have people on saying yeah they were just they were just horrible violent criminals but they've also got things like scrapbooks photos a poem uh, that ronnie wrote to reggie so they've got a couple of people who've written books about the craze so you know they've got a good lineup of experts and people who who knew them and i think yeah i i i 
was interested and I will watch the rest. Are you into this sort of true crime type stuff, Hannah? Yeah. Oh, okay. I really, really am. This is right up my street. I, I, but I kind of get your sentiment about the fact that, you know, they were really violent criminals and yet somehow they've kind of been immortalised and sort of put on a pedestal, haven't they? As, you know, um, I don't know almost as heroes and, and it's it's not right it just sort of it jars doesn't it but i don't think this specifically does no. that i think you you do learn about them um and also the fact that they've got the the police officer interviewed who finally brought them to justice you know that is really key to to this so you get both sides and i think yeah it's a, it's a historic piece as much as anything you learn an awful lot and it's really really interesting and, and we always hear how many people do you know actually you may not know anyone this probably showing up myself but who've got cats called ronnie and reggie you know well you know people just do it because you do it right and and i think it's this gives you an actual uh view into quite how awful this world was um and, and like you say how violent they were so yeah no right up my street absolutely brilliant yeah and i didn't realize as well that they 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 wanted to be famous from the word go um, and they kind of modelled themselves and, and their look on, on the gangster films that they were seeing in the cinema. So, yeah, plenty of interesting stuff like that. Now, as I said, Hannah, there's a lot on this week. So we're just going to have a brief look at a, a few more things. So The Woman in the Window, the Amy Adams film on Netflix, was going to be our headline act this week. But uh, we didn't get sent a preview. However... It looks really good, doesn't it? Because she plays this child psychologist who has agoraphobia and she sort of watches the world from her window and she befriends this woman who lives across the street, played by Julianne Moore, and thinks she sees her being murdered. But she's on medication, so is she hallucinating? And then when the, the police turn up, a woman also arrives claiming to be the woman she thought she was friends with, a completely different woman, played by um, Jennifer Jason Lee. So yeah, isn't that a, that's a great setup, isn't it? What do you think about that one? A bit like is it a girl on a, is it a girl on a train? Yeah, I do you know what I think this this is going to be great. Like you say, we haven't seen a trailer um, a preview of it unfortunately, but it does look from the trailer really really good, and I think that. Um, it's it's going to be one of those things that you think you've worked it all out and it double backs on itself or, you know, you're not quite sure where it's going. And, of course, it's got the wonderful Gary Oldman in it. What mm -hmm. what more need I say? Now, also, um, on Sky, you've probably seen adverts for it. There's a new historical drama on Sky Atlantic called Domina, um, which is all about uh, the noblewoman Livia Drusilla as she rises to become the first Empress of Rome. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure if I want to watch another period drama about the Roman Empire, but that's just me. But it does, it looks pretty <laughs> decent. We've come to my favourite parts of the podcast, Hannah. What have you been binge-watching this week? I love Alan Partridge. Needed a bit of cheering up. So I watched on BBC iPlayer, this time with Alan Partridge. And uh -huh. it is just... Uh -huh. <laughs> It's trees. It's got walnuts. No, that's another Alan Partridge show. Um, no, I have. It's, it, it is what it is. If you love Alan Partridge, it's one to watch. Have you have you seen the series? I am an Alan Partridge super fan. Uh, hey! Yeah, I'm just obsessed with Partridge. However, I don't particularly like this time with Alan Partridge. I didn't like the first series. It's it's not as good as Partridge at its very best. I mean, there's still some great stuff in it, but I find that Alan Partridge on the show the kind of spoof of the one show uh, mm. that they do I don't 
really it doesn't really but shine I, I, with me. It's like a parody of the partridge for me. It, oh yeah, I know what you mean. But then at the same time, it is exactly how Alan Partridge behaves, isn't it? When he sits there and it's you know he's supposed to be interviewing someone, but it's got to be about him. And and I, I find those yes, kind of scenes. That's quite it. Funny. There's still lots of great. I liked it when he goes to visit the monks who've taken a vow of silence. That is quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've been watching a lot of telly this week. I watched a very good sci-fi on Netflix called I Am Mother, which I recommend. Sort of post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi about a girl who's brought up by a robot. Uh, I've watched all of the second series of Making a Murderer, uh, which, of course, has got me enraged because I'm thinking, how come these guys are still in prison? It's fascinating. It's brilliant. I re-watched... Rocket Man, the Elton John jukebox musical by Dexter Fletcher, because that's arrived on Netflix. And Hannah, everyone's talking about the finale of Line of Duty. Are you for? Are you for or against? I'm for. I just love it. I, I just think it's fine. Everyone's getting their knickers in a twist, aren't they? Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> I must admit, I'm a bit bored of Line of Duty now. Think I, I think done? it has gone off the boil. I think it's gone off the boil a bit. Um, and it's always good and it's still quality. But there were certain things that just didn't add up. For instance, why did Kate, after being, you know, held at gunpoint by Carl Pilkington and killing him in self-defence, why did she then go on the run? Yeah. I'll riddle me that. I think there were a few things that didn't quite add up. The trouble is with these things, we try and work it out and it's just a series, just the television, it's just on the box. As ever, <laughs> all the previous series are there. I think, are they on iPlayer or Netflix? We'll check that and let you know. But they are well worth visiting because they are top-notch, especially the Keeley Hawes, the Lenny James one. Then there's Danny Mays, yes. very good, St yeah. Stephen Graham. So there's, if you've not watched all of those, you should get stuck into them because they are fantastic. Now, I've been rabbiting on. <laughs> We've just got time to look yeah. ahead to what we'll be talking about <laughs> next week, Hannah. What will we be reviewing? Well, we'll be going behind the scenes on tour with singer Pink in Amazon Prime's Pink, All I Know So Far, which sounds very exciting. Yep, I think we know who's going to be talking about that. <laughs> and I actually interviewed Rafe Spall and Esther Smith for uh, the return of their comedy Trying on Apple TV. It's back for a second series. I really like it. Um, so we'll be having a look at that as well. But in the meantime... Keep, keep 